Good morning, everybody. It is Monday again. Welcome to the live broadcast here. I didn't even open this thing yet. So, uh, welcome to the live broadcast. It's good to have you here with us. Hello, Marietta and Pavesis. Um, so, we'll, we'll see how many people come online just now. So, uh, I want to speak about knowing the Lord. I want to speak about the difference between knowledge that we have and knowing someone so there's there's a difference between knowing things about someone and knowing someone all right so uh, hello Janine it's good to have you there so um, I'm going to start reading in Isaiah chapter 29 uh, it says in verse 11, and the vision of all this has become for you like the words of a book that is sealed. When men give it to one who can read, saying, read this, I pray you, he says, I cannot, for it is sealed. And when the book is given to him who is not learned, saying, read this, I pray you, he says, I cannot read. And the Lord said, for as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but remove their hearts and minds far from me, and their fear and reverence for me are a commandment of men that is learned by repetition, without any thought as to the meaning. Therefore, behold, I will do again do marvelous things with this people, marvelous, astonishing things, and the wisdom of their wise men will perish, and the understanding of their discerning men will vanish or be hidden. <clears throat> Woe to those who seek to hide deep from the Lord their counsel, whose deeds are in the dark, who say, who sees us, who knows us. Okay. So, that darkness is a place of separation from the Spirit of God. It's a place where the heart is hidden from the person, from Him. Alright? So, where people try to hide themselves from Him. Now, the first instance where we see that happening is right there in the garden when uh, Adam partook of the knowledge of good and evil. And in Genesis chapter 3, God walked there in the cool of the day and he asked, Adam, where are you? So God knows everything. Obviously he knows where he is. Adam, where are you? So Adam said, I hid myself away because I'm naked and I was scared. Okay. He first said, I'm naked, so I hid myself from you. Who told you that you were naked? So he got some knowledge. He got some information that caused him to have a separation in the knowledge of the person. So there's a lot of information that people can learn. And... Information about the wrong thing, says Paul, puffs up, knowledge puffs up. But he was speaking about idols. Knowledge of God can never puff you up. You have to be humble to know him. If you don't know, uh, if, if you know God, you are humble. That means you receive 
the the sacrifice of Jesus. Okay, so for you to know Him means you need to surrender your heart to Him. It means you surrender your will to Him. Thank you, Nico. It means you surrender uh, your future, your life, your everything to Him. Um, but there's a type of knowledge that causes people to try to get the focus on themselves, and that's coming obviously from the knowledge of good and evil, the tree. So the self is the center. So people tend to say, oh, I know this, I know this, I know this, and then they go on about what they know. But their hearts are far from him. So they, they even know the scriptures. Even no doctrines, man, these people teach this and those people teach that. But, you know, and people come and, people have come, even come and sit here. They say, no, no, even interrupting the service. No, that's not true grace. Oh, is it? <laughs> so you are the censure. You are the, the, the teacher of the teachers of grace, but yet no one is coming to you to, to hear anything. Okay? So... So people have this thing of they, they are more intellectual, they are more clever, they have more knowledge about something. Do you know, you can be, you can maybe not even be able to read and get further in the kingdom than someone with six doctor's degrees in theology. And that's the beauty of it. If your heart is humble before God and you know him, your heart is near him. Your heart is open to him. And he helps you. People come. You just look at William Branham there. Okay? Uh, he came from a very humble background. And people all over the world knows who he is. Who he was. So um, he, he was a hillbilly. He grew up in a little wooden hut in the hills. Not sophisticated people. But... By the Spirit of God, he could tell you what you had for breakfast. So, <laughs> not like that is in any measure, but he could prophesy exactly what was wrong with people. He would tell exactly what would happen in the future. It would happen just like that. What a prophet of God. Okay? He got deceived and he taught some stuff that wasn't right. But what did God do through him? A humble heart, him being, his heart being open to the, to the Spirit. Okay? So, when, when our hearts are humble to the word, the word can come to us. So, if you have the knowledge of God, you don't really need much knowledge of anything else. But God uses the knowledge that we have. Look at Paul the Apostle. He studied at the feet of Gamaliel. He was one of the best teachers of the day. So, Paul had all the accolades for the Pharisee world, okay, he was one of the, he was the best of the best, and he knew a lot, but he said, I count it all as loss for the joy of knowing him, okay, Philippians chapter 2, and then Philippians chapter 3 says, my determined purpose is that I may know him, become progressively acquainted with him, and that I may uh, come to know the power outflowing of his resurrection and that I may so share his sufferings, okay, become, to become formed to his death. Uh, and then he says that 
you know, part, and partake of the resurrection life that lifts me from among the dead, even while in the body. If you read the Amplified from Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Okay, so there's a knowledge of God. And just because you studied about God doesn't mean you know God. And for you to know God, it doesn't mean that, you know, you have to have all these degrees. You don't. Yet the Bible says, study to show yourself approved. It didn't say study to speak yourself approved. It says study to show yourself approved. Something I heard from Bruce. Okay? So study to show yourself approved. So we study the word so that we can have a clearer, better knowledge of him. So our idea of who Christ is, our vision of him, needs to be updated every second. We need to get a clearer and more intimate knowledge upon knowledge of the person. Okay. So if you say, I know someone, then you, for you to say that, you would have spent time with that person. Okay. I know this person, I know that person. But if you knew pers some person 20 years ago, it doesn't mean you know that person now. You can barely remember their name. You can barely remember what they look like. I mean, 20 years past, maybe... Now, you know, they look totally different. Maybe they lost all their hair. <laughs> or maybe they lost, I don't know, whatever. You know, they do something completely different. They had a big change or something. You think you know someone of what you remember from 20 years ago, and you meet them and you realize, I have no idea who this person is. Okay. So it's with God. So the, you can learn something. One plus one is two. You can learn the sky is blue. You can learn things, a fact. You can learn facts. You learn it once and you have it. Okay. Sometimes maybe two or three times and then you know it. And you keep on knowing it. So I don't have to constantly think one plus one is two. It remains two. Okay. And it's something simple. You learn it and you, you know it. But it's different with a personal relationship. With a personal relationship, it is a heart connecting with a heart. And it's a constant fellowship. So the knowing is in the present continuous. Okay? So it is, I know my wife. Okay? So if, for instance, a married couple would drift from apart from one another they might say you know i knew that but i knew him once you know yeah. so their hearts disconnected okay so the knowing that i'm talking about is a heart connecting to the heart of god yeah. all right so uh, that means our hearts need to be open before god we don't need to hide away from him or or you know hide behind the veil so um, and he really wants to show himself. You know, John chapter 14, 21, that we quote so much. Um, Jesus said, you search the scriptures diligently and you suppose that you have life through them. But these scriptures, now that's 539, testify about me. You won't come to me that you may have life. So that, that is Jesus saying, hey, you can know the scriptures, but hey, you actually need to come to me. Come to me. Matthew 11, uh, learn from me. I'm meek and gentle of heart come to me you are burdened and heavy laden i will give you rest okay but 
what I wanted to say, John 14, 21 says, if anyone has my word and keeps it, he's the one who really loves me. So we know him through the word. That's a good clue. Uh, the one who really loves me, and I will love him and the Father will love him. And I will make myself real to him. So he reveals himself to you if you take his word and, as a precious treasure and you keep it, but also obey it. Okay. And then in verse 23, he says, uh, and I and the Father will come, if someone keeps my, has my words and keeps it, uh, we will come and abide, make our dwelling place. Imagine God dwelling inside you. That's a constant knowing. Okay? So in First John chapter 1, um, he says, verse 7, if we dwell in the light as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus cleanses us. So there's a dwelling. It's not a once-off thing and now you go on with your life. Check. I can pray in tongues. No, pray in tongues. Not, oh, I can pray in tongues 25 years ago. I prayed in tongues once. No, pray in tongues all the time. Okay? For the fellowship with the Spirit. For the knowing. Okay? So if we dwell in the light, it's easy in the light. The blood of Jesus cleanses us and keeps us cleansed from sin in all its forms and manifestations. Okay? So he says, um, we have, and we have true unbroken fellowship with one another. So the true unbroken fellowship with him is the knowledge of God. Okay? So that experience of an abiding presence inside your heart that you can feel burning. Okay? That's the knowledge of God. So Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, Where are we? Corinthians is this side. Okay, he says. Awake to righteousness and sin not. I'm struggling to find the verse. First Corinthians 15. Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some of you have not the knowledge of God. Feeling data. Wrong page. Oh, there it is. Okay. Awake from your drunken stupor and return to sober sins and your right minds and sin no more, for some of you have not the knowledge of God. Utterly, willfully, and disgracefully ignorant and continue to be so, lacking the sense of God's presence. So a sense is, you perceive something, like hearing is a sense. I hear stuff, or seeing, or so there's a spiritual sense of his presence. It's a constant awareness of his presence, okay? So it says, lacking the sense of his presence and all true knowledge of him, I say this to your shame. Okay, so we need to awake to righteousness. But the righteousness is a gift. It's so easy. So it's one thing to know, oh, I'm the righteousness of God. I'm the righteousness of God. Yes, but do you feel it? Do you have fellowship with him who is your righteousness? So your righteousness is the Holy Spirit living in you. So and if he has an influence on you, 
then people also know that you are the righteousness of God. You don't have to tell them. <laughs> so that happens as our hearts turn to him and with the purpose of knowing him. Not turn, reading, search the scriptures diligently, but not our hearts being disengaged from him. Okay? So... Uh, Hello, Jackie. It's good to see you there. Matthew chapter 7. Mm. Not everyone, verse 21, who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Verse 22. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have you not prophesied in your name and driven out demons in your name, done many mighty works in your name? So there were people with works even in the days of Jesus. There were people driving out demons. It, it happened. Okay. So, but Jesus said, then I will say to them openly, and he's speaking to specifically the, the Jews. He says, I will say to them openly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you, depart from me, you who act wickedly. Disregard my commands. You see there? Disregarding the commands. So having fellowship with his word, having his commands, his sayings, his precepts, what proceeds from Jesus' mouth and keeps it. So I'm not saying... Try to do everything literal that's written in red. That's not what I'm saying. I say all through the Bible you will find him. So look for him. Look for the cross. Look for deeper revelation to, of the person. Get to know the person. When you read the book, you get to know the person. So you, your intent is to get to know the person, not to get to know more knowledge. Okay? It says, so, so what is doing the will of the Father? It's knowing him. He just said it. How do we know him? We don't disregard his commands. We take the word. We abide in the word. So everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them will be like a sensible man who built his house upon the rock. Okay, for the Afrikaans people. So we need to build our lives on the rock. So Peter answered Jesus. Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I am? So, you know, the disciples answered, some say you're John the Baptist, some say, some say you're Elijah, some say you're a prophet. But you, you spend time with me. Who do you say that I am? So Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. So Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, Simon, son of Jonah, is speaking to the natural, natural guy. For flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Okay? I say to you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. What is the rock? The revelation of who he is. Okay? He will be like a man... Who builds his house on the rock. Okay? Who is that man? Who keeps the commands. Who has the commands. Keeps them. As a precious treasure. 
having fellowship with him, the word. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So we behold the glory, we get to know him. All right? So it's not about knowing facts. It's not about getting the next new revelation from which teacher all over the internet. It's about knowing the person. And you can know the person somewhere in a hut in Malawi. You can know the person in the city. You can know the person wherever you go, but know the person. You can know him with a lot of money. You can know him without money. Just know him. How do you know him? Take his commands and keep it in your heart and obey them. Build your house on the rock. So what will be your revelation? You will know him. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. All right? Okay, Jeremiah chapter 31. So it's now speaking about the Holy Spirit being poured out, you know, the Spirit being the New Testament that's given to us, the new covenant, okay? Uh, the internal law of the Holy Spirit moving us and dwelling within us. So he said, but this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord, I will put my law within them, you know, Holy Ghost. And on their hearts will I write it. So their hearts are close and open to him. Because their hearts are open to his words. Okay, so just to pause there, in John chapter 8, Jesus spoke to the Pharisees. And he says to them, you are of your father, the devil, because you seek to kill me. You take his nature, you know. He was a liar and a murderer from the beginning. Okay, and they say, you know, all kinds of things. And Jesus says, uh, you cannot hear my words. Remember Isaiah 29? You will read, you say, I cannot read it, I cannot hear it. Okay, it's a book that is sealed. Okay, so you, cannot, you cannot read my words. You, you, your words have no entrance. He says, you seek to kill me because my words have no entrance into you, into your heart. So the words need to have entrance into the heart for the Holy Spirit to be our law written on our hearts. Okay, so the words need to find entrance. So I will put my law within them and on their hearts and I will write it. And I will be their God and they will be my people. And they will no more teach each man his neighbor and saying, each, each his brother saying, know the Lord. For they will all know me. Who will know him? Those who receive the word, who receive the spirit written on their hearts. The indwelling Christ. They will recognize, understand, be acquainted with me from the least of them to the greatest. Says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and will seriously remember their sin no more. Okay, so there's forgiveness coming through the blood. So that's the word that you need to keep in your heart. So the blood comes, cleanses your conscience. Conscience are open for you to receive, for you to know him, for you to see him, to hear him. Okay, so... 2 Corinthians 5, verse 15, says, Whenever Moses is read, a veil lies on their hearts. But whenever a person turns in repentance to the Lord, the veil is stripped off and taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. 
and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we behold him. Not it. Not facts. Not knowledge. We behold him with unveiled face in the word of God as in a glass or a mirror. We behold the glory of the Lord. Oh, the word became flesh and we beheld his glory. And we are transformed into the very same image from glory to glory. From the old to the new. From faded glory, darkness to the new glory inside us, the light of Christ. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. All right, so um, Jeremiah 31 is quoted also in Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 10 saying the same thing, I will remember their sin and iniquity no more. Okay? So the word of the blood of Jesus, the, the word of the blood of Jesus means you, your conscience is flushed, cleansed from all knowledge that's not the knowledge of God. The knowledge of sin, the Dead knowledge of works to try and fix yourself. All knowledge that comes from the tree flushed out of your system. Your conscience is cleansed. With other words, all those other knowledge will defile your conscience. You don't want the intimate fellowship with sin. You don't want the knowledge that something like this it can exist because then that sin takes... The law is a weapon moving it against you, killing you. What, what do we want? We want the knowledge of God. We want to know him intimately. We want to know him. All right? So, if we just go for the facts, Isaiah 29 says, they will say, read it, but this, they say, I can't read it. It's like a sealed book. It's a book, but it is sealed. So in Revelation, they looked and there was no one that was worthy to open the seals. So there was one that was worthy, Jesus, and he opened the seals. When he opened the seals, all kinds of stuff happened. I'm not going to go into it now. So where did he open the seals? It was a book written inside, outside, rolled and sealed. The word became flesh. Hebrews 10 verse 19 and 20, his body became the veil. His body became the seal. The seal's broken is Jesus being crucified. Jesus being crucified, one seal opened, second seal, third seal, fourth seal, fifth seal, so on, seven seals. So the book is opened and the gospel is revealed. It is a word that only the spirit can interpret. It is a word that you can receive with your heart alone to get its meaning. And you need the Holy Spirit to receive it. And you need the Holy Spirit to reveal it when you preach it. So the book that is sealed is the gospel. It, the seals were opened when Jesus was crucified. 
So it's not about knowing the facts of stuff that's written down. If you're going to read this book trying to know the facts, you're just going to get some facts and you're going to miss the person totally. Not going to catch a bit of his personality and who he is. It's not going to reveal. But if you look for Jesus, you see the cross on every page. If you see him, he will reveal himself to you over and over and over because the, the seals are opened, the, the message is being revealed to you. Colossians chapter 1, verse 26 says, This mystery was kept hidden through ages and generations. Book that is sealed. Is now revealed to who? To the saints, God's consecrated people. How are you consecrated? You receive the Holy Ghost. So it's revealed as it's preached by the Holy Ghost. It's revealed to those who hear it. Let the words find entrance into the heart. It's a spirit word. And the receiver for a spirit word is an open heart. An open heart. So as you receive that word, the revelation comes. The revelation of him who is the word. The revelation of him who is spirit. John 6, 63, the words that I've been speaking to you are spirit and they are life. Okay. So you search the scriptures, but you need to come to me. All right. So the gospel reveals the person. So it says also, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, to those who are perishing, it's foolishness. They don't see it. They see facts, but it makes no sense. But to us who are called, Christ is the wisdom and the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18 and 24. Okay, so we need to know him. And we know him when we find him in the word. When we come to him, we want him to speak to our hearts. So in miracles, it's not about doing the miracle. It's not about healing the sick. It's about seeing Jesus heal the sick. It's about bringing Jesus to someone so that they can be healed, so that someone can see Jesus. When you see a miracle, don't look for what's wrong. Some people do. You know, miracles are so, there must be something wrong. No, no, no. Look for Jesus. If, there are, if people proclaim signs and wonders and Jesus is not spoken of, Jesus is not the center of everything, it's lies. You can just know it. If Jesus is not revealed, then it's not true signs of wonders. Okay? So all of that is to bring glory to Jesus. All of that is so that people can know him. So we need to, and the, the place of fellowship is the heart. We need to know him in everything that we do. So we don't say Lord, Lord to him. You have to do what he says. What is he saying? He says, you must know me. Don't disregard the commands. If anyone has my words and keeps them, it's the one who really loves me. And I will love him. I will reveal myself to him, make myself known to him. All right? Okay, so you got that thing of the book that is sealed, that is open. So have you ever, I mean, years ago I read the Bible and it's just like, it, I read it, but I can't read it. Then I would take my, I, I would take my textbook at university. 
some legal textbook, you know, I studied law. I would open it and I would understand every word. I'd read it once and I got it. Read the Bible. It's like, it's like I see the letters, but it's, I can't read it. It's a struggle to read it. Okay, I read and read and read and I read the same thing over and over and I can't tell you what, what it says. Okay, so then as, as I got to know him, as I got to know the anointing, went to the, to the presence of God, I mean I had encounters with Jesus, experiences where his spirit came and touched me. Every time I read and bam, it just jumps out. Okay, so I went to Spirit Word to Prophet Kobus von Rinsberg. And the word just opened up. And from there, I read it, and it just, it's just revelation jumping. I can't stop. It's like a river flowing. Okay? That's why we keep on, we're already over the time. Okay? I, I haven't even touched the scriptures that I really wanted. Okay, so what I'm saying to you is there's a knowledge of God. There's a knowing of Him. The word needs to come alive. The word, the person needs to speak to you. Okay? It's not about memorizing scriptures, but do memorize them, if that's what you need to do. It's not about any of that. It's about him speaking to you. Even if you can't remember what it says, where it stands, whatever, just let it be alive to you. You know, Jesus didn't give the references. Jesus just said, it is written. I think that's nice. Yeah, that's easy. Maybe I should just, you know, force myself to say that in this, it is written. Then you need to go figure out where it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> then, then, yeah, then you can just use Google and, you know, find it. <laughs> so easy these days. All right. So, ach, I think I've said enough. But I think it's, it's really vital for us to know. Our focus needs to be to know him and not to know about him. Knowing many facts about him will not change anything. All right. So, okay, I think I'm going to land the plane with one more scripture in 1 John 1. says in first John chapter one we are writing about the word of life in him who existed from the beginning whom we have heard and whom we have seen with our own eyes and whom we have gazed upon for ourselves and have touched with our hands so they had fellowship with him manifested in the flesh and the life and aspect of his being was revealed, made manifest, demonstrated, and we saw as eyewitnesses and are testifying to and declare to you the life, the eternal life in him who already existed with the Father and who actually was made visible and was revealed to us, his followers. So they, their hearts were open and they received the word. He revealed him to them. Verse 3. What we have seen and ourselves heard, we are also telling you. So they had some knowledge of God. They have some experience of him. Listen, what we have seen and ourselves heard, we are telling you. So that's why we preach, okay? So that you too 
may realize and enjoy fellowship as partners and partakers with us. That's why we preach. So what the fellowship that we have, what we've seen, what we've heard, stuff that we've experienced, we want to tell this to you. So there's so many years of in the, being in the Word, so many years of walking with people that's walking with Him, you know, it's seeing miracles. We saw the glory. We felt His presence, His power. Felt His burning fire in our hearts. What we have seen and heard, uh, we're also telling you, so that you too may realize and enjoy fellowship as partners and partakers with us. And this fellowship that we have, which is a distinguishing mark of Christians. So that's what makes someone a Christian, is the fellowship with him. So that's why Paul says, hey, some of you don't have the knowledge of God, wake up. <laughs> so he says, is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. That's John, 1, John 14, 21 and 23, right there. Verse 4, and we are now writing these things to you so that our joy, seeing you included, may be full and your joy may be complete. And this is the message of promise which we have heard from him and now reporting to you. So something that the Spirit said. Reporting to you. God is light. In him was life and the light was the light of man. It's the word. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. No, not in any way. So if we say we are partakers together and enjoy fellowship with him, if we say we know him, we have the knowledge of God, but when we walk about in darkness, we both speak falsely and do not live and practice the truth because he is the truth. But if we really are living and walking in the light as he himself is in the light, we have true unbroken fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses, removes us from all sin and guilt and keeps us cleansed from sin in all its forms and manifestations. So your safe place is fellowship. He keeps you away from temptation. The dangerous place is trying to obey the law that stirs up the temptation. If we say we have no sin, refusing to admit that we are sinners, we delude and lead ourselves astray, and the truth which the gospel presents is not in us, does not dwell in our hearts. If we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he is faithful and just to his own nature and promises and will forgive us our sin and continuously cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Everything not in conformity to his will. So it's about the fellowship. In fellowship, you are clean. So he cleanses you in spirit. But in fellowship, your mind is renewed, your conscience is constantly cleansed, and you get a greater and greater sense of his presence. And a greater and greater manifestation of him inside you. So we need to be knowing the Lord. That's what it's all about. So that is us dying and him living in us. I've been crucified with Christ. Okay? So in everything that you do, when you read the Bible, when you pray, when you, even when you watch a sermon, it's all about listening for the voice of the shepherd. Him calling you closer. Him saying, come up higher. Come to me, all you are weary, burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Okay? So it's about getting to know him, having fellowship with him. 
All right. So may you just know him. <laughs> may he reveal himself to you more and more. May you have that sense of his presence burning in your heart. May you just have, you know, that fire of the Holy Ghost. You know, stir up the fire that you've received by the laying of hands. Is Paul to Timothy, First uh, Timothy 4. So stir it up. Pray in tongues. Read the word. Stir up the fire. And... Uh, Go after his presence. Go, you know, he will. And, you know, take the word and really receive it into your heart. I tell you now, he wants to reveal himself to you more than you want to see him. So he's going to show you, he's going to reveal himself to you. May you know him today and forever. All right. <laughs> so be blessed. Thank you for watching, everybody. And we'll see you again tomorrow morning at 9. Please remember to pray. Our conference starts on Friday, Friday night with, with William Windley. I'm very excited. So the whole conference is going to be awesome. And President Cyril Ramaphosa spoke last night. Woohoo! So we can take 25 more places. Okay, so if you haven't booked and you want to book, book. Okay, so contact Lene and she will send you the link to book. All right. So and she will put the stuff on, on the platforms so that you can know about it. Okay, so if 25 people more per session that we can take now so that's fantastic so we can go up to 50 percent of capacity so happy about that so it's going to be really awesome this conference is going to change everything okay so come and receive come and you know get your hearts burning with the flame of the lord all right <laughs> be blessed here tomorrow at nine amen